welcome to the Gut Nerd Caribbean, a podcast dedicated to promoting a stealthy and healthy gut for every member of your family. I'm your host, Dr. Romani Gunnis, a physician on a mission to help you understand the immense role that your gut organisms play in your overall health. And if you consume roughly 30 grams of fiber daily from diverse sources of vegetables and fruits, you can turn your gut organisms into ninja warriors against obesity, diabetes, and mental health issues. And as you will see in today's episode, quite possibly infertility. It's Sunday, September 5th, 2021, and this evening, we discuss a very sensitive and challenging problem for many couples, the issue of infertility, not being able to conceive a child after a year of trying. For some couples, the evaluation, the diagnosis, and the treatment can be relatively simple and straightforward with early success. But for others, it can be a traumatic, emotional roller coaster. If you or someone you know has been on this journey, there is one syndrome that you will hear mentioned more often than others as a leading cause of female infertility, and that is polycystic ovary syndrome, PCOS or PCOS. Described in 1935 by two American gynecologists, Irving Stein and Michael Leventhal, it was known as the Stein-Leventhal syndrome, and for many years, the original criteria set by their case reports were used to make the diagnosis. But with more research and data availability, the current criteria used by most healthcare providers was established in 2003. It is called the Rotterdam Criteria, arising out of a collaboration of the European Society for Human Reproduction and Embryology and the American Society for Reproductive Medicine. It requires two out of three of the following to be present. One, a disturbance in ovulation, either complete absence or reduced frequency of releasing an egg from the ovaries. Secondly, evidence of excess male hormone levels, what we call hyperandrogenism. And this can be either documented on blood tests to check the levels or in the clinical features of the patient, such as acne and hirsutism. Hirsutism is where there's excess hair growth, usually thick dark hair on the face, chest, abdomen, arms and legs. Additionally, there may be dry, velvety, dark patches of skin called acanthosis nagricans along the neckline, the armpits, and the skin folds of your forearm and groin. Lastly, a pelvic ultrasound showing the presence of at least 12 follicles on one or both ovaries or an increased ovarian volume greater than 10 cc's. Please note that the ultrasound findings are not an absolute requirement to diagnosing the condition. And there are women with polycystic ovary syndrome who do not have ultrasound findings and the reverse is also true 
they are women with ultrasound findings who do not have any of the other criteria required to diagnose PCOS. Additionally, PCOS is associated with an increased risk of developing diabetes, with insulin resistance and elevated fasting insulin levels being noted in many patients. There is also an increased risk of developing high blood pressure, abnormal lipid profiles, cardiovascular disease, and endometrial carcinoma. So what does the gut microbiome have to do with PCOS? Well, it's been over 85 years since Stein and Leventhal reported on their cases, and yet we are still at a point where we treat the symptoms, but the underlying cause remains elusive. For example, women who have trouble achieving ovulation and are desirous of conceiving, ovulation inducers are prescribed. Those with severe acne and hirsutism receive anti-androgen therapies. Those with insulin resistance may be prescribed an insulin sensitizer like metformin. And those desirous of having regular, predictable periods, but not conception, may be put on an oral contraceptive. There will be emphasis placed on having regular physical exercise, such as a daily 30-minute walk, and a diet that is significantly reduced in sugar, starch, and saturated fat. But here is where the link with the gut comes in. In 2017, researchers from the University of Graz in Austria analyzed the gut microbiome of PCOS patients using stool samples and compared it with samples taken from healthy women. There were two notable findings. Compared to healthy women, the PCOS patients had a much reduced diversity in their stool bacteria population and significantly less of certain strains. This was the first documented study of the gut microbiome composition from stool samples of human PCOS subjects. Then a larger study came along in 2018, conducted by researchers from Poznan University in Poland and University of California, San Diego. And this study corroborated the findings of the 2017 study, showing that patients with PCOS lacked the richness of species carried by healthy women. Furthermore, the blood levels of male hormones and the presence of hirsutism was inversely related to the degree of diversity, meaning that women with the lowest variation in gut bacteria had the most hyperangiogenism. But here comes the most compelling evidence to date that there is a relationship between gut health and polycystic ovary syndrome. In 2019, a group from the Peking University in Beijing, China, analyzed stool samples from PCOS patients and found a predominance of a particular bacteria, Bacteroides vulgatus. These bacteria are known to break down bile acids in the stool. So it was not surprising to find that the samples with high amounts of bacteroides also had low amounts of bile acids. 
Subsequently, they transplanted the stool samples into mice, and quite remarkably, they found that the female mice demonstrated evidence of excess male hormones, ovarian dysfunction, insulin resistance, an impairment of reproductive cycles with less offspring, and a reduction in bile acids in the stool. Additionally, when the mice were given only isolated bacteroides and not the entire stool sample, they still developed all the same features of PICOS. This led researchers to look at ways in which the immune system of polycystic ovary syndrome patients could be affected by their levels of bile acids. Sure enough, on further analysis, it was found that bile acids are involved in the regulation of an immune system chemical known as interleukin-22. So then the magic question was, if the mice that developed polycystic ovary syndrome after being colonized with bacteroides in their gut that resulted in low levels of bile acid and then low levels of interleukin-22, would administering interleukin-22 to those mice reverse their symptoms? Well, indeed it did. The authors treated PICOS-like mouse models with interleukin-22, and they showed a full recovery of reproductive cycles and ovarian appearance, and reduced insulin resistance and testosterone levels. If all this scientific description has your head spinning, let me close with some very simple take-home messages. If you or someone you know is dealing with polycystic ovaries, ensuring a high-fiber intake from diverse sources of vegetables and fruits will only enhance their overall plan and integrates very well with the already prescribed diet that is low in sugar, low in starch, and saturated fat. So don't miss out on the incredible benefits of having the most stealthy and healthy gut while the research continues. It was indeed a pleasure to have the opportunity to share this emerging science with you, hot off the press, and I hope you will make good use of it as we all continue on our journey to becoming heroes of our own health. <music>